amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, as possibly bleak as this. Drop Touchline fracas, you know where it already is. Me, Yassine James, full squad inside, no injuries, no suspensions. We got Joe Tweeds. Evening, guys. 
Happy transfer deadline day, Joe. Happy transfer deadline day, Meads. What's going on, peeps? You alright? Happy Premier League Eve, Dan. Yeah, what's up? Happy Premier League Eve, Halloumi. There's nothing happy about it, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. Mellow, mellow Premier League Eve. Mellow Premier League Eve. <laughs> yeah. Transfer deadline day. Speaking of last minute deals, Meads, tell them where, with the last few tickets, they can be spending the start of their season where they should be on Sunday. Well, I can't lie to you. Tickets, I, I, I'm ha- happy to announce that tickets are sold out. So, uh, okay. unfortunately, right. um, if you snooze, you lose. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna come down to the last show at Vauxhall Street Garden or Street Food, um, you can come and get your ticket on the door. Um, it will be significantly more expensive, but you know we have to pay tax out here. If you come to South, you know you have to pay your tax and your dues. Mm. So, um, yeah, so come on down. There will be tickets on the door, but yeah, like I said, it will be slightly a bit more steep. But yeah, it should be fun. We're going to be watching the Newcastle Arsenal game and then the Manchester United versus Chelsea game, who I'd probably say had the poorest windows um, of the transfer market. But there we are. Yeah, at least we knew we were set up for a bit of disappointment. and we <laughs> It's the hope that kills you for them, man. Yeah. But um, yeah, Sunday, if you if you already got tickets, fantastic. If you still fancy coming down, on the door, everyone's going to be there. Uh, great way to start the season. I won't because it's Eid, but if you're not Muslim, I can't think of any excuse for you have to not go down. So, uh, yeah, I'm expecting to see queues outside. So, happy transfer deadline day. Um, obviously, with the ban, we, we we don't have anything to talk about, do we? We do- Oh, no, wait. Oh, no. We've been in the news regardless. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, one real outgoing that shot me and we're going to really lose is his uh, loan to Burnley. But um, good luck to him for one <laughs> after two years of sitting on his ass. I was telling someone today, like, man just sat down from 27 to 29 years old. But anyway, we don't need to make choices. That's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get straight into it. Um, Chelsea decided on the last day of the transfer window to sell their best centre-back to direct rivals who finished one point off them last season for a nominal fee. Joe, what happened? God. Um, yeah, this this could take a while to get through, but I, I think what, what we've seen is is since Lampard's come back, there's at least anecdotally some stuff around Lampard and Louise not necessarily getting on too well as, as players. And I think maybe that has set the tone for the relationship that, that that Lampard and Louise have had now that Lampard's come back to the club. I think there's an element of of the whole clean slate stuff that, that's come into play. Um, I, I don't think I necessarily completely agree with this notion that he's been kind of demoted to, to fourth choice. I, I kind of see Lampard sort of grouping his centre-backs into you've got your ball players and you've kind of got your tanks and, you know, your kind of physical players. Um, Louise and Christensen being on one side and then you've got uh, Tamori, Zuma and Rudiger probably competing to, to have like a nice balance in, in terms of the centre-backs that we had. Um, through pre-season, I, th- I think I've been pretty pretty vocal that I, I would have had Louise starting um, at Old Trafford on Sunday. Um, but I think, you know, Christensen probably has has been pretty decent in terms of his performances and maybe has, has kind of earned the, the shirt and... I think sort of the the stuff that will come over the next few days from particularly from the Chelsea side through guys like Matt Law and, and other people that they have sort of that they feed information to was after uh, Louise didn't start the game the last uh, friendly 
he had a, a bit of a, a breakdown uh, with Lampard after the game. And I think that the kind of wheels are set in motion from Louise to engineer a, a move away from the club. A little bit like, I suppose, Pedacek in that his, his life was kind of located in London and, and very much built around you know, his family here. And obviously he's got uh, a business interest as well. So I don't think he particularly was was too keen to to move abroad. Um, you know, you, you can kind of spin it, uh, I suppose, somewhat positively in that, you know, there are reports that are, are sort of coming out and then probably will come out in the next few days about him being pretty disruptive um, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, not necessarily, you know, really kind of getting on board with, with Lampard's sort of opinion of that he's going to have to sort of earn the, earn the shirt and then not necessarily be the, the kind of de facto number one guy. Um, but yeah, just, just, you know, a bit of a, a messy situation, particularly, you know, on the eve of, of such an important game. Um, you know, it's not like we're going to, you know, some random team who's just been promoted away. It's, it's one of the biggest games we'll play this season. And I think the fact that it's, it's come down to the last few days again, probably shows that there was maybe some attempt to to reconcile that probably failed. Um, but it feels to me a little bit like Lampard is, is stamping his authority on the squad. Louise maybe has had a little bit of the run of the dressing room for, for the past few years, a very big personality. You know, one of the, the more experienced players, last kind of uh, part of that group who, who won the European Cup in Munich, the last player at the club who was part of that group of players. So, you know, maybe a clash of personalities, clash of, uh, of ideas, but... I think when it became apparent that he wasn't going to be the, the number one guy um, and Christensen had maybe earned the spot over, over the summer, uh, Louise didn't react well to it. And, and I think the, the one thing I'll close on saying, you know, it's, it's not the first Chelsea manager that he's, he's fallen out with. There was obviously a very big falling out of Antonio Conte. And I remember there being something with Jose Marini as well. So he's had a little bit of a volatile personality, maybe. Um, you know, as a player, I'm, I'm very disappointed to lose him. He's been one of my favourite Chelsea players to to watch and I think his his sort of personality is infectious and, and just some of his his bigger moments at the club are, are really sort of you know things that you you remember uh, very fondly and the fact that he's gone to Arsenal direct rival as you said the top four I think it strengthens them um, it obviously probably weakens Chelsea's options but you've got to hope now that you know some of these players step up into that gap and, and start growing as, as individuals and, and maybe taking some of that leadership role so but I think yeah a really really strange um, you know, sort of 24, 48 hours when it kind of broke yesterday. But, you know, it, it's probably too early to tell who's won on that. You know, we'll probably know in a couple of months' time if, if Chelsea are doing well and, and whatever. But at the moment, it feels like Arsenal have got a, a kind of experience centre back that they've maybe needed a winner, someone who's got maybe the right personality to sort of, you know, kind of has that sort of contagious winning mentality. And, and that is the concern for me, not necessarily his performances. We know that he can be up and down, but I think he, he brings a mental side to Arsenal that they haven't had for, for quite a while. Uh, Dan, uh, Joe's alluded a little bit there to, to stamping authority on the squad. Isn't that partly what, what management's about, is to manage these big personalities? I think there was there was quite a famous Sari quote where he'd been told by a lot of people maybe to get Louise out. He came in and gave it a few days and realised this is someone that he could work with in a particular way. Dan, do you see this as a bit of a necessary thing from Lampard or could it be misjudged? Um, I don't know. What's, I'm not going to guess what happened. I'm not going to guess. I'm hearing the stories. To be honest, I agree if you're a manager that comes in and someone's subordinate and someone's kind of challenge your authority. And obviously they play together and I've seen pictures of them arguing back in whenever, 2012, whatever. I agree that Lampard has to own the dressing room. And if he's going to be disruptive, I agree, get him out. I understand that. Um, so I don't think it's a mistake. If the stories are true, 
However, I just feel like, man, I feel like... So if, if I take you back to the Conte days, when we played, we had the 3-4-3, he found that formation and then he got rid of Costa, he got rid of Matic. Um, so two, that, the reason why I'm saying that, it's like a loss of two players can fuck up a system. Now we finished third last season, we've lost Hazard, now we're losing Louise. Those are two key players in, in the... In the in um, that helped us get third last season. Well, they've but, arguably carried this generation of Chelsea for right. several years. So absolutely. And I think that Conte season, um, where the second season, the season after we won the league, we, yes, we lost Costa and then we lost um, Matic. But also, he dropped after that argument. They, after they fell out, we were second in the league. And then when when he dropped Luis for Christensen, we 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 had a free fall in the league. So. Yeah. So yeah, so like I, I I don't know. I feel like Christensen. A lot of people say that that David Luiz has like errors in him. I think that Christensen does have errors. I didn't focus on preseason this season, but I'm not sure if Christensen's covered himself in glory. I'm I'm not saying that he hasn't. I haven't noticed that he's particularly been better than David Luiz. But I do feel like that Chelsea. I don't know. I was confident going into the season, but now there's a question mark over. I just feel like our build up. I feel like um, Jorginho is good, but I feel like Jorginho and Luis deeper, um, it helps us. So I, I agree with Lampard if David Luiz has been subordinate, but at the same time, I'm not excited for our season now. Maybe I'm being dramatic. Um, I hear you, and I think uh, that's, something, that's something me and Palumi are going to get into a bit later about what turned into a, a sort of accidental audition without Luiz. I think the Christensen point, um, it's not he wasn't poor at any point in preseason necessarily, but... Even uh, when rewatching the Gladbach game five minutes into it, the commentating team even suggested, oh, Christensen and Zuma, this is an audition for who's going to be with our automatic number one choice, um, David Luiz. So it is a, it's a massive shock. It seems to have accelerated rapidly in these last sort of few days, which does suggest maybe it's, it's something untenable. Meads, I'm going to come to you because um, I don't know if the listeners remember, but this is your fault. <laughs> what? My fault. Listen, last week, last it week, is, isn't it? why you spoke it into existence about, yes. you know what? Maybe <laughs> Christensen and Zuma should start at Old Trafford. Mm. Do you know what it is, yeah? And no, now I, look I, what you've done. Nah, do you know what it is? I, I've always said, when it comes to defence and centre-backs, I'm more about partnerships than individuals. Um, and whilst I agree that David Luiz um, is our best defender, and I, I'm, I'm glad he's gone, because it's not just from a footballing side. I think just as a as a as a guy, I think that he seems like he was a, a big mentor to some of the players, um, especially the younger players um, at the club. Um, and it seemed like he actually did actually love the club. Um, but to go to Arsenal, it just it throws everything into question now. Um, I think but, with that one, I'm seeing a lot of. Um... Like all the comments are snake emojis, everything like this. Yeah, that's weird. And what the thing that thing that I, I try and tell people is, this guy was a free agent this summer. Am I am I right? No. What? That oh, was he had a year left. Yeah, two years. He signed a new contract in May. He signed a two year deal, didn't he? Like in May. Yeah. So, but if, if he hadn't signed that, would he have had a year left or would have been free? Oh, he, he would have been free. Yeah, he would have. So, been so free he was entering free agency and then had obviously like he could have gone anywhere for any amount of money. And then got convinced to, yeah, two-year deal. I'm assuming the sell there would have been be a leader in this transition. He hasn't looked particularly poor to me in preseason. He started most games. And then now to be allegedly, as reported, 
relegated to a bench role or, or something. I just find it a bit of a... Because I agree, every every indication is that he was a big club man. He forced to move back to Chelsea when he probably could have gone elsewhere from PSG. There is something very not right yeah, about like, like, like for me, I, I don't want it to be a case where Lampard is obviously... He wants to go with his young guys and he wants to give... It's almost like when you say a fresh start, sometimes people say a fresh start... A fresh start means change. And um, I think in this instance, it might actually be the case. Uh, whilst he's saying fresh start and some people just get him pulled in, I think he doesn't want to lean upon Louise, which I find strange. Because I think that in our team, and I've said this for the longest time, David Louise, for me, is more our leader than anyone else in the club. I don't think that Azpilicueta is particularly a very big captain or vocal. Um, I think David Louise is that guy. Um so it is quite strange. I, I find it very strange. I, we definitely have strength with Arsenal, um, which I find appalling. I didn't like when we sold Czech to Arsenal, and the same way I just don't like this either. But I think we. I, I, I agree with what Dan was saying. When it comes to build-up and just controlling the tempo of matches, I think we'll struggle in build-up. Um, although Jorginho can drop deeper, um, it's just... He wouldn't actually need to if he had David Luiz there. Um, I do agree um, that he may have some def- defensive lapses. Um, he had a, a couple of them last season, um, notably against um, against Antrak Frankfurt um, when Jovic scored that goal. Um, but then, uh, absolutely, Poly- yeah, where, where, in a match against Liverpool and City, yeah, 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 I find he, it crazy that you wouldn't want to do everything you can to keep that presence. That's what I'm saying. So in the big games, yeah, it, it's you're you're going into these games with no real even nous or experience to manage the occasion. Um it, it's disappointing to say the least. It, it, it's very disappointing, but do you not think um just what we've touched on there where he's been given a new I guess club driven two-year deal two months yeah. ago and then Lampard's gone against that and the club have been forced into a sale last does that not kind of already smack of of um coaching team and club not being on the same page again or is that reading too much into it no because at the same time i think the david louise deal was being worked on for quite some time um i think he signed it in may but it was being discussed from early in the season and that's when we weren't quite sure if sarah was leaving or not Mm. um but I think he was he was coming with the intent. I mean, he was signing that new deal with the intent to kind of see us through this new trans- transition with the new coach. Um, but clearly, something's gone on between him and Lampard, and Lampard's obviously going to prevail in this instance because he's new and and he he is Frank Lampard. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's just not one of them ones where. Um, we had this discussion the other day, actually. Um, we had this discussion last week when it talked, we talked about player power and William being an yeah. example of this. We've where got, his try and go against the well, coach. They've always alluded to William and Louis being uh, these leaders, and if one half of that is gone. Yeah, but if you uh, try, like I've always said, if you try and go against Lampard with the equity he has at the club, just, it's not going to work. Yeah. Palumi, just quickly, um, before, before we move on to anything else, What's what's the upside to this? What's the best case scenario that we we lose David Luiz? We're left with Tomori fourth <laughs> choice, 
Rudiger, Christensen, Zuma fight fighting out for those starting spots. What's the what's the rationale? I just want to quickly say uh, they, they it's so funny you went to Pulumi for the upside. No, it what well, I do feel like there is an upside. Oh, okay, cool. Um, no, I need some positivity out of him, bro. He killed my yeah. happy Premier League team. <laughs> I'm trying you know, to I, chip him up now. Do you know what it is? Um, I think the kind of um, Louis going does kind of um, allow for the rotation of the centre backs to be um, to kind of increase, which I know doesn't sound good in terms of stability, but in terms of them proving themselves and somebody actually being able to to really stake a claim with him gone, there is more of a chance of that happening with regards to um, Zuma, Christensen and Rudy. I felt like it was it was three fighting for one spot and now it's kind of like the three of them or four of them now spread across the two. Um, but then also, then that does also allow um, Mark Gwehi, who I'm a big fan of, to potentially, you know, step in. Um, I know just kind of away from Louise in terms of his, his leadership, I feel like he was a big, obviously he was a big character. Mm. But I sometimes felt like the lapses were so great that it, it made it hard for me to defend him sometimes. Um, and I, and I, not to say I fluctuated because I, I like him as a, as a player, as a character, but sometimes I did feel like, actually, this is, this is a little bit calamitous. Um, so th- there's like, you know, an element of it. This, I don't feel like I've lost um, Maldini. Okay. It's, I've lost, do you know what I mean? In, so, that, in that sense. So do you, do you expect our defensive numbers to improve now we don't have David Luiz? Um, I feel like they'll be pretty similar. Genuinely speaking. I don't, I don't think he is a um, massive upgrade defensive um, on what we have currently. Um, I've never felt like that. I've always, I think the reason why I've wanted him in the team is because of the presence, but it's also because of his ability to, to kind of give us a different option in terms of build and play. But it's never really been a thing of, oh my days, without the Louise, the defense is shambolic. I don't no, personally, see, I've, never, I've never felt like that. I, I fully hear you on that. Um, I'm not one to actually disagree with you. Um, I don't think that David Luiz defensively is a complete, a stupendous upgrade on yeah. what we have. However, I do think he does have nous in certain games, in big games. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he will give you a big performance in these big games. Do yeah. I, and I guess, like you said, it gives the opportunity for someone like Chris Jensen, for someone like Zuma to step in and see if he can actually raise if they can actually race to that level. Because um, in terms yeah. of defensive side, I think they're pretty much similar on similar levels. Um, yeah. But will they be able to give you that big performance? Okay. We'll have to see. You know what I think? I think um, sometimes defensively we can be better by the fact that we control the ball in that area. Uh, you remember when Cahill was starting? Because he's not good in the ball, that caused we couldn't play it out. And I just thought, I'm, I'm hoping... I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Gary Cahill was a calamity on the ball. There's Correct. No, there's, Correct. This, this is different. Correct. But, no, no. That, yeah, that was just an example. Cala- I want to stress that. Cool. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have brought up Cahill while he was on the ball. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, 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 this is where I, I get a bit wound up with the Louise talk in that Cahill, for me, was a great last-ditch recovery man, but invited more pressure or mistakes up the pitch and driving up and and making error-prone passes. Also, Rudiger, he's a good European-level defender, but he's not 
absent of lapses. He's not absent exactly. of charging or being rash. Absolute and, facts. And, and I also think Luis just these these uh, big game performances they don't come out of nowhere. What I will kind of concede is that thirty two, you can sometimes see a stark decline. Um, yeah. But Luis in the air, less so marking at set pieces, but aerially dominant when yeah. he forces players wide um, and he. He's got a little, got them towards the touchline, and he and he uh, is in control of the situation. One v one, fantastic, yeah. great penalty box defender, great last ditch man. Um, deceptively quite quick for thirty two, despite knee injuries, everything like that. And I, I think we may be losing our most rounded defender. And where okay. I get concerned maybe is Christensen can get bullied. Yeah. Rudiger and Zuma could potentially get isolated and played around. And I think with with Luis, you kind of had that reaction to loads of different challenges that I'm yeah. really hoping someone like Christensen can step up to that's, now. That, so that, I, I fully agree. But the only the only thing I want to slightly critique is his aerial ability um, defensively. I think in big games against like Man City and stuff, where he's dominant over Aguero, then yeah, he's going to be able to head the ball away. But I think... He only won. I think statistically, he only won fifty six percent of his aerial duels, and the same with Rudiger. Rudiger was about fifty five, so he's marginally better than Rudiger in the air. But for me, that's not a massive, massive loss. I'll you've be got, interested you've got in that Zuma. Stuff, though, how many Zuma, of them is, how many of them is in, a striker winning no, but, the header? No, but Zuma going into nowhere because of, of intrusion to the play. Zuma is far more dominant in the air than David Luiz. Far. You should agree with so that. We're not, we're not losing that. We're not losing. We're not losing out on that. But I do agree that we are losing out on a on a well-rounded defender. But like I said, partnerships matter. I think that when we played last season with David Luiz and Rudiger, they're both quite rash and they're both susceptible to those kind of, you know, rushing to the ball and then leaving your back line exposed. We, I, I'm I'm pretty sure we were top five last year. This goes back to that about controlling the controlling the ball. But we were top five for goals conceded, but also xG. Goes. Yeah, yeah, no. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I don't doubt that. I don't think we're really relying on a Christensen step up or a Zuma step up. Yeah, but and and, and this is why I'm apprehensive about the move. It's not. I'm not happy that Davies is gone, but I'm just trying to give you the the bigger picture. Well, not the bigger picture. I'm just giving you the stats. Statistically, when it comes to aerial duels, he's not as exceptional as we, we assume he is, um, especially in comparison to Zuma. But yeah, like you said, well-rounded. Um, we're losing that aspect of our defence. And like you said, Zuma, Tomori, Rudiger, quite similar in, in that style of defending. Chris Jensen, he can be bullied. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's one wait of and see and hope, I think, yeah, just hope for out of that four, finding the right partnership. Um, I think just... I'm 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 a I'm a Louis fanboy, so I'm taking this opportunity to just to just finish it with, as Joe kind of alluded to, what we are losing without a doubt is probably over the last ten years, as fun a player and exciting a player to watch as the Matters and the Hazards and Oscar went on form and all these players. I think the the pings and the the goals and the charges up the field went on form are something we won't see for a very very long time. I do think. Um, although we disagree with, with the finer details, he never quite got the respect he deserved defensively over the two spells. Um, three European clubs at, cups at the club, which I don't know how precedented that is. And also, 
while I do wish him well, I hope that he goes the same way now as Fabregas, Czech, Giroud, Cole, Mourinho. Galas, and all of them, man, as never yeah. playing anything nearly as important with the Gooners. Facts. Facts. But can I, can I, can I just say something? Say yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're absolutely disgusting for mentioning Oscar, by the way. Out of order. Do you know what? I just got gassed on the Mazakar thing. I don't even... Yeah, Oscar was a... Oscar was a... <laughs> nah, I'm not having that. Don't ever do that again, bro. Listen, listen. Don't mention that brother's late man here again. You're not bringing my boy KDB's career at Chelsea, you know? Don't mention his name out here again. Right, that is. Pierlo goal, blood. I just. Nah, that, that, goal that, that goal ain't enough. That goal ain't enough. KDB, oh, no. bro. Nah, that's not enough. Nah, we didn't have KDB because oh, George. No. Anyway, listen, another point. Another point. <laughs> listen. So, so, Joe, just we we talked a little bit about our deadline move. You know, the drink. What? No, the Luis one. Um. <laughs> So there was reports a couple months ago. Um, considering now the transfer window's o- o- over, we, the dust settled a little bit. There was reports a couple months ago that it, it was buried under some stuff. But once Chelsea decided not to appeal um, the, the the second time around for the for the transfer ban, now this could all be fluff, and they could just realise they had no case whatsoever. But they didn't even appeal to freeze it while the appeal process was going on. And one of the reported reasons for that was Chelsea decided. Um, that inverted commas their targets probably weren't available this summer. Now, when you look around the Premier League by itself and and direct rivals in Dombele, Sessegnon, Lo Celso going to Spurs, Maguire, Wambasaka, and just keeping Pogba, if I'm honest, is a, is a huge. It's probably the biggest plus for United. Tierney, Luis, Pepe, and Sabalos, okay on loan, but still a, a strong sign. You look around at this, you look at Everton splashing a bit of money, Leicester making smart little additions, and then players like Lukaku, Jovic, Dybala being offered, moving around Europe. Have they misjudged this? Is it Was it, in hindsight, the wrong summer to do it? I think it, there's twofold in terms of answers. I think, first of all, like the, the case against Chelsea was, was so like extreme. I think the likelihood of them getting a, an appeal or getting it frozen with this, uh, the new guy who's heading up this committee that's investigating this sort of stuff was, was very unlikely. And I think it's one of those things that if you, if you, I think appeal and, it, and it's like a futile appeal, it's just, you know, like a, a an appeal to get the ban frozen rather than appealing against the actual action itself, then they could have extended it another window. So go from two to like three windows, which I think really would have set us back quite significantly. So I think they've, they've tried to balance the view of, of just taking it on the chin and, and just taking the two windows rather than risk the three. But I, I do think that they are, I mean, they, they seem to have really misjudged um, this this summer. Because, I mean, to start off, I mean, it didn't seem that that much was happening, but then like, the past sort of two, three weeks, there have been some players, particularly guys that end on ballet, um, you know, maybe maybe someone like Zaha that they were interested in. I know that they've had interest in for a while, but there, there have been players, Dybala, you know, Jovic, players that they probably would have wanted to go for. I know that their, you know, their number one target really is to bring in a centre forward as soon as they can. And the fact that maybe three or four decent ones have moved, there's been some decent attackers, you know, we need goals in the team after Hazard's gone. So there was, there's definitely some, some attackers and some midfielders that bring that in. Um, I think it, it feels a little bit misjudged, but I also kind of feel a little bit like they've, They've tried to be cautious and not be too aggressive because they've had this sort of threat of kind of a frugal or like, you know, kind of a futile appeal um, to, to this sort of councilman and a potential extension of, of the ban. So it, it's it's a catch-22 really. You either appeal and try and get it frozen and then you go big 
um, where you try and maybe pull some of this money together because it feels like next summer we have a pretty pretty significant budget to, to invest into players and maybe you try and go big on someone who's pretty special or maybe you, you try and invest into I don't know someone like Jaden Sancho who feels like potentially some guy who would want to come back to Chelsea but um, yeah I mean it, it's, it's difficult to, to say at the moment but you know, given given some of the signings made, you would have, you would have liked to have seen Chelsea involved uh, involved this summer. But I think if if I'm trying to be sensible, I think the the, the potential to increase that down to three windows was maybe too big of a risk for the club to to accept. Uh, Joe, uh, just a quick one. Like yep. for me, I I'm thinking. I'm just thinking for a second. Like, <laughs> As much Matt as put his glass down to make a point, by the way. Yeah, 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 in terms of transfers, who do you think generally if that, that move this win this summer mm. would have improved us significantly? Uh well like someone that we realistically that's could attainable. Have yeah, that's attainable. That would have been attainable. The the only person and maybe this is just maybe not absolutely cut and dry, but I, I, I liked Haller, the, the guy that West Ham have signed. Um, I think the way that we play, that he would have been an interesting option. Um, and Endon Dele, I mean, I've been a big fan of him for, for quite a few years. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about no no Kovacic, you know, bringing, bringing on Endon Dele for, for a little bit more money. Yeah. But apart from that, I mean, no one really, I mean, we're talking like significant hazard level upgrades. There's not that many players around. Um, Do you think Chelsea could have been in the hunt for, for Dybala this summer if they if they didn't have the ban? Or is he is he not really the profile? I mean, if, if we're playing this 4-2-3-1, then you'd, you'd have to suggest, yeah. I mean, he, he definitely is a profile, maybe playing in that number 10 spot. Um, maybe if we're playing a diamond as well, he seems like the perfect kind of withdrawn striker for the system. Mm. Just a question again of you know whether Dybala at, at this point in time is interested in in Chelsea. I think we've our kind of stock has dropped a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, we could definitely afford the wages that Dybala's on. We could afford the image rights, which seem to be the big sticking point with with Spurs. Uh, this sort of 15, 15, 20 million pound payment for image rights that the agent and him wanted. Um, that none of that really is a concern for us. So maybe, maybe Dybala is, is is an option. Um, and I think as soon as Real Madrid came in for Jovic, I think that probably nice was, was, was out, out of the question. So, yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, uh, the the only other option that I know Chelsea have been interested in for a while is is Wilfred Zaha. And again, I think the the kind of opinions on him are fairly split. So, you know, it, it's it's not someone maybe where they've they've looked at it and gone, you know, we can go and go big and, and try for someone who could be pretty special. Um, but yeah, I mean, in relation to the rest of the the, the top six, you're not impressed. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not I'm not as concerned um, as maybe I would have been if if, if Dybala and that would have come to, to Spurs. Yeah, I can't lie. I, I'm thanking God for this man. And one, because I, I felt this for a reason. I've said that I wanted this man for quite some time. Why? Mm. Because I feel that our club needs to learn. I Thanks. think that there needs to be some form of punishment, and not about what they've done in terms of dealings. I think the club needs to learn, one, how to value the players that they have. Mm-hmm. Two, I think they need to actually recognise that certain sign-ins, like the Danny Drinkwaters, thank God that he's left the club and mm-hmm. he won't be coming back in January the 6th. I, I'm going to make sure of it. Um, <laughs> but there's certain transfers like that don't need to happen. Yeah. And yeah. when you start spending money, £40 million on him, £40 million on Bakayoko, etc. When you start spending money like that, you're wasting your resources. 
there is absolutely no point in having two dud players when you can have an 80 million pound striker. There yeah. is no point. So I feel like, and especially look at what Arsenal have done, you look at shrewd moves, shrewd signings, and signings that make sense. This ban will definitely have the Chelsea board looking at what's happened around them. And I'm hoping to God that they actually learn their lessons, recognise that, okay, we don't actually need to be buying stupid players like, like the drink wars and that. You can go for Sancho because now you've got the money and the resources that have been saved for this summer yep. to then go big on sensible and quality targets for next season. Also, if, for example, that we were to ta- target Sancho this summer, um, which a move would have been unlikely anyway, but I'm thanking God that this, um, we got banned because... Callum Hudson-Odoi, as much as they are friends, if he were targeting Jaden Sancho, we're, we're, signed, we're giving William a new, a new deal, we're giving Pedro a new deal, he's thinking, what's going on here? Yeah. And then we've brought in Pulisic, and then you want to buy my boy, who's already got more stock than I do, then you're losing Callum Hudson-Odoi. Uh, and for me, that's not worth it. I'd much rather be in a situation where Callum Hudson-Odoi has established himself and then you've got Sancho coming in to add to that. You know, I think uh, Joe's Joe touched a little bit, though, on, on, on stock falling and, and where we stand. Palumi, do you see being stagnant this summer as potentially, considering what play, teams around us have done, as, as, as potentially even more damaging to what we can attain next year if we do fall out of the top four, if players like teams like Arsenal become that much more appealing because they have this trading up top and and everything like this, do you see our place in the top four impacting what we can do next summer? Um, what I will say is that um, this has given me hope, which is kind of weird. So not necessarily for the season ahead, but more so how we move forward. So one of the things that I was really worried about is that um, Liverpool and City, I felt like they've obviously created this huge gap. And in my head, and previously I've said on um, Touchline Pods that I feel like it's going to take a lot for um, the teams to kind of catch up. Um, as in, and by teams, I mean the kind of the, the other section of the top six. Um, and with Spurs, the way Spurs have done their dealings and the way Arsenal have done their dealings this summer um, kind of make me believe that um, it's very possible that even though we may fall slightly behind this year, that there's, there's room to manoeuvre next year. So it might be that, you know, next year, potentially Arsenal don't sign anyone because they're kind of front-loaded in this manner this year. Or not that they don't sign anyone, but the, the dealings that they make are kind of less significant in the same way that kind of Liverpool have had to operate. Um, so there will, there will always be some element of catch, all that cat and mouse. Um, so I'm not that scared in terms of how we do our business moving forward or how we're able to kind of manoeuvre in the market because the reality is, is that money tells um, or talks rather. Um, and if you have a lot of it, and if you if you plan it and, and put it into the right deals, like Arsenal did with Pepe, for instance, you can make that acquisition. I think what is kind of scary for me is that in this immediate sense, this season, footballing-wise, personnel-wise, we do look a little bit further. No, not a little bit. We look. I was trying to be nice, but I'm not even going to lie. We look <laughs> way off the pace. Um, um, and that's not because I don't believe in, in the talent that we have. Um, I'm, again, I've said that I'm not convinced on, to- on everyone totally, um, but I just think, with the, especially with the way that the kind of the past week has gone, it looks as though we are now kind of shooing for fifth place. Dan, give me some positivity. Can any of the players that we're going to have to make the use of now, whether it be loan mm. army academy graduates, 
can they bridge the gap? I guess is the million pound question. Can they bridge that gap to top four or is it just too soon? You can't just ask me for positive. I don't have it. I don't have the positivity <laughs> for you. you can't. Who's the most positive here? Me? Man I just know. dashed it. Man just dashed away nah. that Because <laughs> in my head I was that's preparing. Goal, yeah? So just so I'm clear, that's a, that's a resounding... No, no, we've got players. You blocked it. we got players, but it like it's just that I, I was preparing for a negative response and then you said give me some positivity, but... Now, obviously, we've got Reese James. We've got Loftus to come back from it. All of the injury guys, we've got Hudson to come back from injury. Mount has looked good in preseason. He, yeah, I no, feel he like, fantastic. Yeah, I feel like he can play anywhere because he's just so rounded as a player. Um, even Pulisic, you know, I'm not the biggest fan. Do you know what? Yeah, I asked for the 11s, like the starting 11s from Chelsea fans on that account. And I saw I a lot saw of... That, yeah. uh, it was a It wasn't good reading, man. We had Tammy, Mount and Pulisic. And... Um, I'm hoping they do good, but they're with, I, don't, I don't see many goals. I don't know, man. I, like Lumi said, fifth. I think it could be worse. I, I think I think it could we're be a lot get, worse. We're gonna get onto that. We're gonna get onto yeah. that a later. But in, te- um, in terms of positivity, obviously Barkley number ten. That might be something. Um, maybe his form will drop off, but he's been amazing in number ten. Um, what else we got? I don't know. We ain't, we ain't got. I, I have a I'll ask you for positivity, and you give me. I know, oh. bro. Because I watched Luton play Borough on the Friday night. 
Um, and they tried to play like high energy, quite expansive. Um, and they, they, they scored three goals, but they conceded three goals. Um, and one of the, the main issues with them was that they um, made a lot of unforced errors. And I think that that is going to be a, a facet of us, sloppiness. Um, sloppiness in terms of um, our players not being able to kind of make, not, not being able, rather, but just a tendency to potentially, or this is what I've seen from preseason, to kind of make the wrong pass or, you know, kind of just just mistakes that I don't feel like they should be making. Well, I think have... you're, talking, you're talking exactly what happened for the first goal. Uh, yeah, so that's what that's that Kept played that out to Pedro. One thing I saw as well with, with the build-up is that first half, anyway, first half, which was a bit of a shit show, but the first half, it fixed itself a little bit without that much pressure, but people were very, very static and very, very wide with a lot of distances between them. So okay, if the pass is... from the back wasn't perfect... This is, this uh, is and kind of my... where they're going to play out, it was a mess. So he tried this... to go out to Pedro, couldn't get it, counter, bang, 1-0. This is my main, gri- my main gripe with us, is that kind of under pressure, we seem to be crumbling. And that was why I kind of alluded to Luton, because that was kind of what was happening in their game. And I think in both, and in the Salzburg game, it happened as well. So it's kind of like any time a team is pressing us really well, intensely, um, we seem to be struggling. And I don't think that this is necessarily... Uh, a smite on the defensive players receiving the ball, i.e. Zuma Christensen in the game. But the people in front of them, um, the way we're set up, we've not quite, quite high in the starting position um, and the players really wide, you, you passing options are quite limited. Yeah, one thing noticeably uh, from the first half, what you're on about there, from the first half to the second, is first half in particular where we were struggling they targeted Zuma massively and, mm. and they tried to put him on his left foot as much as he could when he received that wide. Yeah. That midfield you're referring to, if Jorginho came the in between his centre-backs, which is clearly something we're going to have to get used to because there's no range at the back. Christensen's passes look nice, but they're 15 yards max. So Jorginho yeah. is having to drop, drop back there. And then that leaves in a 2-3-1, Kova just standing. Yeah, Exactly. So they tried to rectify that a bit more in the in the second half with Mount coming deeper, but the amount of times we would lose it because Covers got it back to goal, no one anywhere near him was terrifying. And I think part of that is is obviously because they don't rotate, rotate quick enough. But also my my kind of fear with regards to like us building play is is almost that the the team's very dispersed almost. So. One of the one type, one of the few times we played out was when Pulisic had tucked in, tucked over, and he received the ball in, in a kind of unusual area. But it just meant that we had extra bodies, so we had extra passing options. Um, and also, I think it's easy, very, it's very easy for us to kind of speak about how we improved um, as the half went on and into the second half. But that was really just because teams they dropped off, dropped off of us. Massive. Um, so Massive. And I know that you've you've made the point, um, like in the group chat, that actually the teams that we play against, majority of them won't play like this. Um, and whilst I whilst I kind of take note of that, I think it is a little bit worrying, especially maybe for like a, a European night. If a team does really have that kind of atmosphere and energy and player, um, and with that the discipline pressing, that we could be in a bit of trouble. Um, I think also just life after Louise, maybe they will be that much more confident. They might yeah. see without that expansive passing back there and being able to force jo- uh, Jorginho back there, maybe an Eddie Howe 
or a Hassan uh, uh, Hotel at Southampton will think, do you know mate, what? I, mate, I don't want to see Josh King and Callum Wilson chasing them down. I'm scared, bro. I'm, like, I'm not on it. I don't want to see that because if they do put a lot of pressure on the hassle, we're going to we're gonna be in a bit of trouble. Mm. Brother, I'm just envisioning, I'm like, my, <laughs> my eyes. My, I, I, I literally thought of that. You know, Bournemouth for like conference, but in <sighs> Premier League, it's scary. Bro. Nah, bro, just, I'm just, I'm scared. Vardy, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be mad. Um, so I think, but, and I, I just, just to make a point of, um, that's us in possession, but out of possession, I still feel like the way we've been, is, is a little bit, is a little bit worrying. Because it's um, concerning, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's um, it's not been it's not been as good as it should be. And obviously, again, I always make the point that there's naturally going to be teething issues. Um, but I just think there's a lot of space. Um, and we don't have a lot of protection for the back line. So the, the, the second goal we conceded was Jorginho doing a lot of fantastic work with the ball, receives it off the full back, pivots in the middle, carries the ball forward, ball falls to him on the edge of the box, and it gets blocked. And then it's only Kovacic protecting. And then it's also with that. Yeah, I, watching it back, only I realised today that was a little out, little pass out to the right wing, uh, outside of the boot, almost like a little Conte automatism with the with the wing backs. Banged it inside yeah, yeah. with Emerson up his ass. They tried it three or four times in the first half because they knew that our pressing seems to boil down to get up them lads, which yeah. is which is it's not good enough. We talked a little bit last week about pressing being a science. I don't know. I, I'm getting the impression that our press is more about bodies than than smart positioning. Because I don't, when I don't they're agree. pressing I, the back I, four, we look fantastic. As soon as it bypasses that line, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, 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 it's By the way, I do want to put out an apology. Uh, N'Golo, if you're listening, um, we had the nerve to sort of get gassed about Kovacic right and about. Jorginho as right a starting team. Kovacic was a passenger. Um so maybe we jumped the gun on that a little bit. What I do want to say... Don't say we. That wasn't me. That was me. What? <laughs> no, I do want to say... That wasn't me. Why are you trying to blame me? What I do want to say going forward is coming into that 10 is maybe a solution that, that, that sorted itself out a little bit. I think he linked quite nicely. Jorginho was um, fantastic. But uh, Dan's not going to be too happy. I know he only saw the, the highlights for this game, but um, Dan and his, and his, uh, his fandom of goals would have got sick at the finishing uh, on this day. Sick. Why, why? Who was sickening? Say the name. The commentators kept saying, oh, Sommer, what a game he's had. When I tell you every shot was a P-roller or a little <laughs> tap, it was the worst. Uh, Mount had a lot of near-post finishes that he just scuffed. Tammy mm. had two chances that, to be fair, he made for himself but should have done better with. Pedro was uncharacteristically soft with his finishes. Pulisic should have got one. Kovacic was in the box, missed one. Barkley missed a sitter. It was a freak Get game used to it. finishing. And Get- really just spoke to me about if we have an off day and our defence is as leaky as it's looking, it could be a slapping in the Premier League because we're going to be... Up. Every team has quality in the Premier League. Gladbach are a fantastic yeah. little outfit in the Bundesliga. They're tactically disciplined. Marco Rose is a great coach. But every team has a Zaha. Or a Wilson. Yeah. It's it's a wrap if we if we if we keep being wasteful in front of goal. And that's a team thing. Like for me, I think there was evidence further in this game about why Tammy is maybe getting the nod. He is my third in the pecking order and he's a project rare tear tear, but he is doing the things that coaches want you to do. He's being aggressive, his work ethic is mad, he is creating chances off his own back one v one. 
and it's and it's promising, but the finishing was a massive, massive, massive yes. work. Yes, is is Bats not doing that? All, all the things you're saying in terms of being positive, work rate, making your own chances, is Bats not doing that? I've been more impressed with with Tammy against Gladbach than I have any other performance by a striker this preseason personally. I, I'm going to watch the game because you've just said that he scuffed two chances. I feel like you should get used to us scuffing chances. I feel like Mount, Pulisic, Tammy. Have you listened to the, up club, the other club pods? <laughs> like, whenever they're talking about Chelsea, like, um, they've got Tammy up front. So, obviously, we're not going to do anything. Well, this is what, this is where my scrappy do Pulisic thing came from because it's, it's all enthusiasm and good and good. And then he gets in the box and it's, it's a tap. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not looking great. But luckily, moving forward from, from that game and from preseason as a whole, we've struggled against the higher press. Luckily, against uh, Manchester United on the opening day, oh, we're playing a team that have spent their entire preseason focusing on really athletic players in a higher press. Joe, what are we expecting on this first day? I think a lot of it's going to boil down to whether Kante plays. And I know probably us on this, on this pod, we kind of appreciate having a lot more technical players in the team. But... I think, I mean, I've not caught all of pre-season, but the games that I've seen us play, particularly against sides who press Kante's kind of ability to bring balance to the team, even if you're losing a lot of technical ability by getting Kova or, or Jorginho or whoever it's going to be that's going to make way. If Kante plays, you know, I think he he lets you cheat a little bit in other areas. You know, his ability to, to recover the ball, whether that's interceptions or tackles or just his his capacity to, to work. I think it lets you lets you cheat a little bit. So, I, again, this is maybe me adopting a bit of a glass half full mentality. But I, I think when he comes back into the team, finally fill it up, Joel. I need up a little bit. Yeah, when he comes back into the team, I'm hopeful that we see a little bit more balancing in the midfield, particularly off the ball. Because, as you say, I mean, if if Jorginho or Kova lose the ball, and we're kind of in a situation we were in last season, where again you've got a person who I don't think particularly defends well in space in Georgie or Kova. You know, kind of one on one or one on two in midfield with with a defence at the moment that's still trying to sort of kind of and and they're looking quite as exposed as they did without that third man as well. Exactly, yeah. You know, so you've you've got more space to cover if if it's a strict two that's playing in front of the in front of the back four. So um, yeah, I mean, if if he comes back in, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful. But then the things someone sent me a, a, a team for for United without Pogba in it and in WhatsApp and. It's not. It's not that scary. So, you know, I mean, these this could be thing. You know, words that come back to bite me. But I'm not. I'm not that. Like, I think Pogba. So, I think the state as a Pogba is he had a little knock, but I'd fully expect him to play. I don't know if it's more serious. Yeah. Than that. I know that Bailey's their only long term injury. Um, I, if I'm honest, with the space that he'll have to to pop things through, Pogba would be my biggest concern. And I think so. If Hits out. That's a big. That's a big lift. Dan, just quickly, um, mm. we are potentially going to see the two least qualified coaches for their role in this game. Is it just going to be a mess, and whoever blinks first loses? Yeah, do you know what it is. At least with Solskjaer, he's had like six months of trying to find his best team, so he's kind of gone through that already. I feel like we saw when Conte came, it took him a little bit to find that three-four-three. With Sari, it took him. To be fair, it took him until like. March to find like the Twitter 11 or whatever um yeah so I feel like with Lampard like he's gonna he's gonna make mistakes in the choices that he makes I don't know I'm I feel like I know I'm gonna bring the cup back down to half full but I I feel like United might be in a better place um than us at this point uh hopefully we'll win but I don't know man 
I don't I don't have much faith in the team, bruv. I'm telling you, it, it, it looks like a Vitesse team in the Premier League. The ones that I've been oh seeing come through, I promise goodness. it looks like Vitesse FC. I'm telling you, man. When I'm seeing Pulisic, Mount, Tammy and and what, Pedro? If that's going to be our attack, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. Okay, I'm not... Do you know what it is? I... Wow, that's right with me. He said Vitesse on him. Do you know who Vitesse on him are? Bruv. Okay, anyway. Let me just focus. Uh, I think for me... Oh, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Dan, how many goals would Tammy score for Vitesse? Bruv, how many goals did Solanke score? Both of them... Like, obviously, um, Tammy's not Solanke, yeah, but both of them were scoring the same goals in the youth. I'm not even against Solanke, um, Tammy like that, but I'm just saying, bro, like, it, at Swansea, he scored, what, five goals? Yeah, oh, yeah, I needed to fact-check that. I said it on the pod. I said 10. It was, like, nine in all comps. It was, yeah, it was, peak, it was but, five goals. Yeah, listen, listen, we're looking we're looking toothless. We're looking like an OAP. It's, yeah. It's, it's long. It's scary. It's first day, opening day. We're toothless up top. We're, we're a sieve at the back. If Lampard is going into that that Sunday afternoon with a win on his mind, what's the best way to go about it? He can't play Tammy Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> and you so know, he has to start Olivia Giroud. My yeah, God, I couldn't he, agree. Basically, my 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 belief is that he can't. He shouldn't play Mount if he's looking to win the game. Because again, what do you I, mean? That, no, no, no. I, I, the reason why I say this is because one, Barkley not only offers a threat, but he also drops into midfield a lot more frequently than Mason Mount does. Mason Mount is the initiator of our press, and when he gets beaten, or if he gets beaten, then it leaves Jorginho and getting packed. And and for me, that's that's my biggest worry. As much as United have got a terrible midfield, they have got two speed demons that can cause us mad problems, regardless of how poor they are. They can cause us issues, so I'm much, I'm much more inclined to have Barkley in there, yeah, and then bring on Mason Mount in the latter part of the game. I'd rather have um, Barkley in there just to shore it up. I think, and then I'd play Mitchy over Tammy for sure. On that point, though, about um, just about Mason's um, willingness to press, I definitely think that's like instructed, and I yeah. think the um, my main. I think where we'll get the most joy is similar to what Sari did, where he kind of realised that the pressing, the way they were pressing, wasn't um, wasn't working. And obviously, we don't know if it's that, if that's going to be the case necessarily through the season. But based off of what I've seen on in preseason, if we adapt in game, in transition, so as soon as we lost the ball, maybe press for a couple of seconds, but then quickly regain our shape, I think we'll be a lot better off. Um, and by regaining our shape, I mean dropping that ten into like a into a three man midfield as opposed to staying up as a, almost like a 4 4 From um, what it looks like that they've tried to work on, like there was moments against Gladbach, for example, where Emerson was one of the furthest players forward. Zuma, I saw him 1v1, Jules past the halfway line. If he's clearly trying to work on this way to play, is it better long-term to just revert to type for the opening day or take the hit and say, no, this is what we're going to do and we have to stick at it for the season? No, so, so my point is more so that I, I'm hoping that Look, I'm not hoping that it doesn't go well. So if 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 the pressing works and it manifests as something that's going to be great, then fair enough. But if it is isn't working, I hope that they quickly realise that they need to make the change. And with that, I feel like we'll find more joy. Just because I think it's very difficult to press in the way that he wants to press, or it looks like they want to press um, in the Premier League for the duration of the of the game and for the season. Because I think one of the, one of the maybe 
clear one a clear indicator of that is the way that Liverpool have developed in that they started in that manner with the five fours against Norwich and beating you know the massive games that Etihad had and stuff. But now they kind of they they defend in a much more controlled manner. Um, and I think also mm-hmm. like even Pep, 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 people kind of thought that Pep was going to come and have a similar sort of um, counter press. But if you watch them, you know the other day um, in the Community Shield, they're pressing on the triggers. They they they've delayed their press. It's not mm-hmm. it's not that they they sit in necessarily, but they have a more disciplined approach to it. And I think that that is, that will probably serve us the best. Well, that's how I that's what I feel is the best way to do it at, at present. Um, but we can only Qu- wait quickly, and see. Quickly, I've got something like half the press. Apparently, according to Neil Ashton, if Chelsea get the bid over 10 in January, we're going to bid 80 million for Zaha. Yeah, I've just literally just seen that recently. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, you see? You see? So, why are you going to go for Zaha when you could just go for Jaden Sancho? You see, this is what I'm trying yeah. to... I really thought the club would learn. I honestly, no, but I, I don't think that's, I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. Only in that, only in that, um, first, I, I wouldn't say that Zaha should be my, he wouldn't be my primary target mm. at this point, but I don't think it's, it, I don't, I can't fault them necessarily for going to acquire a yeah. player of some quality. It's not like, it's not a kind of, they've not gone to sign, I don't know, like Timothy Weir. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think as much as maybe I don't agree with that, I don't think it's, it's the same as maybe like signing the back of Yoko at the time that they signed back Yoko. But if Zaha is moving to a team to start, yeah, and okay, you'd hope that Pedro could accept a smaller role. Pulisic is a 21-year-old who's just got the biggest move in his career, and then you've got Hudson Odoi, which is at the moment still a precarious situation until he until signs. we get that that signing confirmed. Yeah. So again, it's and then I've not exactly. even mentioned William, who well, I mean, you, to be honest, you'd assume if I'm honest that William is not going to take the Luis news great and will be gone anyway but even still that's that's four wingers who reasonably would say hold on I want to play I want to play every game obviously that's a yeah. conjecture at the moment but uh, and it, yeah it's Pe- a funny one Pedro and Willian on Zaha would make me sick I can't lie to you it would Pe- make me sick Pe- yeah I'm, I'm not keen on that personally I'm genuinely not Pedro, that's a Pedro and Willian are 32 like 30, 31, 32 so it doesn't matter they're going to be out anyway They've just been given contracts because of the ban. So we need wingers regardless. Um, I guess everyone's going in the central bandwagon. I'm in that bandwagon too. If we get Zaha, it's not the end of the world. I'm, I'm with Palumi. I don't think it's the end of the world. But... I'm not saying that it's the end of the world. So one of the saying... first things that Joe said about stock, I mean, that... depending on how this season goes, Sancho might go to a team that is far, far, far more competitive. But you know what? And I'm yeah. say to Zaha as a second option to that. Okay, but then what? Where's yeah, but that's the, that could be this? But that could be the second option, not the first. But... This is what I'm trying to say. Why should we go for a second option when it doesn't make any sense? Sa- yeah, you Sancho makes all the sense. Be... You shouldn't be targeting the second option when they're still the first around. Uh, For you know, they could have been quiet and we've been... Not, we've been not it, it could have happened. It could have happened. I doubt it. I know. Yeah. Just, the way Chelsea operate, they move mad. The way I see it... Oh, so thirsty, man. Well, Sandra's up with the has been closed for, what, seven hours and you're trying to talk about January, man. This band is doing mad things to people. And we're, we're still banned in January anyway. <laughs> like... No, apparently he's. That's what I'm saying. We're talking about hypotheticals. We're still banned. Yeah, we're still banned. Also, states Chelsea are convinced the ban will be overturned overturned before the new year, which would mean being able to sign players in January. 
Yeah, for real. So, yeah. Sancho makes. If, if, if we're struggling, I guess the young players might have three, four months to show what they're saying, and then if someone like a Tammy or a or a, a Mount, well, I think Mount's going to do quite well. But yeah, for example, if, if people aren't impressing, then then this is their chance. Yeah, I, I, Mount will impress because you could just tell he's got the minerals. But Tammy, Jesus Christ, Tammy's not that bad. Tammy, yeah, Tammy's not that bad. It's just that I, we you sh- we shouldn't be pinning our hopes on him as the striker. Yeah, and like I keep saying, as point. much as I want him to do well for his application and for being an academy boy, he should be third in the pecking. Like he's raw, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and you know that that listen that. That expression. <laughs> it's, so <laughs> fitting, bro. it's so fitting, bro. Honestly. Oh, my right. God. Right, big up Tommy Abraham, man. Come on, man. Yeah, because we Listen, might want to interview he's gonna, him. He's going to... Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. This is uh, this is leading nicely. Do you know what? I am happy. This is leading nicely into how I wanted to end the pod with some quick fire questions. It is a... It's a it's a Premier League Eve. What would... What would uh, end the preseason be without... Predictions that everyone is gonna probably look stupid about in, in not even May but by December. So I've got a few, and they're gonna basically just bang, bang, bangs. Joe to me to Pels to Dan, then Joe to me to Pels to Dan, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off with the first one. First one is exactly on point. Knowing what you know now, and we'll go Joe means Pels Dan every time. Knowing what you know now, and what you expect the minute rotation to be. Rank the strikers one to three in who is going to score the most goals all competitions this year. Uh, Batshuayi, Giroud, Tammy. Pels. Agreed. Same. Meads. Batshuayi, um, Abraham, Giroud. Oh, Dan. <laughs> um, I think maybe Giroud, Batshuayi, Tammy. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. I don't I think, think going to be disappointed we'll, we'll about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that Bats is going to play. Yeah, um, I think you lot. Are, I think yeah. you lot are going to be upset. Number two. Number two. Player who will start the United, but most likely to use lose their place by the end of the season. And I'm not talking rotation. I'm talking most likely to be out of the team. Go. <laughs> uh, Pedro. Pels. Aspi. Meads. Aspi. Dan. Uh, I agree with Aspi, but I'm going to say Tammy. No more Tammy slander. This guy more and more every week. (laughs) (laughs) A simple war. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Number three. Player most likely to win Young Player of the Year. This is basically Young Player of the Year prediction. Callum Hudson Adoy, Reese James, Mason Mount. Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic. Um, I'm gonna go Reese James. Pels. Oh. Oh. I'm. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go Mace. Meads. Hudson. Done. Tammy. No, I'm. I'm saying Hudson. <laughs> Hudson. Hudson. <laughs> I'm joking, bro. You know he's not gonna win that shit. If, you know, like, yeah, if he won Young Player of the Year, I'd go to the dinner. <laughs> I would, I'd do a madness. Uh, by the way, I want, I want this all written up on the Twitter and and not. Yeah, don't there. worry. We can, see, Yo. we can see who smashes this at the end of the year. Yo, you know Tammy's an Arsenal fan. 
Okay. You know he's probably going to do it in the East. I'm just trying. The agenda has started, bro. The agenda has been set. I'm playing. Mad. I wouldn't have even done that. And I'm I'm slamming. No, but I like Tommy. I like Tommy though still. I'm going to find out who bats supports tomorrow. Number five. Biggest hope. For the season, you can, this can be a player, this can be a, a achievement, this can just be a general kind of vibe. Even Joe, uh, Loftus Cheek comes back and picks up where he left off, and maybe goes up a level or two, and is captain the following season. Pels, um, I hope that all the players, the young players that I genuinely believe that have talent, um, showcase their talent and make a positive impact. Needs. Um, I hope Ruben lost his cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi come back fresh and ready to take us to hopefully the next level. Euro 22, both in the squad? Both of them in the squad, definitely. Done. Can I say two? Yeah, yeah, go yeah, on. yeah cool. So I hope Barkley's form carries on and then I hope finally Batshuayi gets a runner game starting at Chelsea. Shock. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest fear for the season. Same question inverted. Joe. Um, I think if we pick up a couple of injuries to, to main players, I, I fear that we'll massively flop, like mid-table. Wow. And you were the glass half full. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking first, first 11, I think, quite strong, maybe first 12, 13 players. But depth-wise, I'm not super, super confident. Yeah, you've been on the pod with Pels too long. Pels, <laughs> um, biggest fear is that ooh, um, that Lampard you got too himself. many in it. You got too yeah, many. no, no, that Lampard finds finds himself like an impasse in terms of what he should be doing, and then we look lost. So not even necessarily with regards to position, but we we watch our team and we think, what the heck is going on? That's okay, my biggest that, fear. And now I've learned what an impasse is. Meads. <laughs> Uh, my biggest fear is Lampard having too much of a bias to actually recognise that certain players shouldn't be playing and he overlooks other players that really should be playing. I wonder who you could be talking about. Dan? Yo, that was my that was my biggest fear as, as well. Like, I just don't want that Lampard to be biased to all of these young players. Um, but I guess the biggest, biggest fear is what's going to happen in the Champions League because we look shit. And I, I, yeah. Do you know where we're seeded? Yeah, we're top seeds. We're top seeds. Okay. Mad. Yeah, yeah. At least that might. Yeah, who knows? Uh, number, seven, number seven. Two left after this. Ranking Premier League, top six. There's no... Oh. don't have to put Chelsea in this. Joe. <laughs> oh, what kind uh, of... No, the framing of that is absolutely... That's horrible. That's that's that is disgusting. It's the truth. Really, they think that Leicester are going to do something. Mm. Okay. Oh. Top six, yeah. So... City, comfortable, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal. Blood cut! <laughs> Blood fire. He said Chelsea, Arsenal. <laughs> I love Joe. I love Joe. Glass half full. I need that. Let him finish the six. Wow, you couldn't even... We got where, five? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Arsenal fifth, United sixth. Hold on, hold on. I don't even know who that was. A man said, <laughs> That was me. <laughs> I felt ridiculous. I'm crying. 
This is all, if you've, like, if for some reason you started listening to the podcast like 10 seconds ago, this is all because a man on a Chelsea podcast said Chelsea are going to get top four. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's, I just can't believe, like, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, let me bring it back in. City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, United, Meads, <laughs> City, Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, United, just done. I don't know, you know, I feel like City, <laughs> Liverpool, City, Spurs, Liverpool, that's interchangeable. Um, Arsenal, United, and another team. I'm not sure who it's going to be. What is this massive overrating of Arsenal? They've got a front three who can't run, a midfield who can't tackle, and defenders who can't yeah. defend. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 finished oh, one Joe, point. When they, when they, when they <laughs> we finished one point ahead of them. We finished one point ahead of them, didn't we? And uh, they they significantly improved, and we yeah. have. You think they've they've really significantly improved? And and, and yeah, we've got a new got manager. A striker on the wing. They've got another striker who is decent against the <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I think they've improved definitely. Yeah, they got set back. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And they got like, David Luiz. You know Arsenal have improved. Do you know how you know Arsenal improved? This is the banter fan base who've been through. More than we could ever imagine, yeah. And I saw an Arsenal fan predict third for them mm. today. That's that's what this window has done. Yeah. I mean, they're living. It would they're be hilariously now. wrong, but for oh, them to God. even suggest such a thing, this man's been saying sixth for six years. You know what? Yeah, if they do finish outside of top four, Ugh. God help me. <laughs> God help me. I'll be unbearable. Oh my! We'll drive round oh, that. four hours yeah. straight. Let's leave that. Uh, uh, number eight. Number eight, uh, what was your qualifier be for a good season? If these things happen, acceptably good season, Joe. Uh, I mean, I want to see foundations set for next season. So hopefully a handful of uh, young players establish themselves, take over from some of the the senior players, and then we can uh, move a bit aggressively in the market and, and sort of re- kind of re- rebuild the club. So yeah, get a foundation in. In terms of like finishes and stuff, I'd like to win a cup. Um, and yeah, for me, top four. And what would what would you define foundation? Playing style and then a few academies solidifying. Playing style, a few academies. Maybe Reese James is is starting at right back. Maybe Ruben and and, and Callum are sort of considered starters every week. For maybe three, four players. Maybe Mason as well um, are in there, and then we can we can uh, yeah like attack the uh, the market next uh, next summer. Pels. Um, I would say, but first of all, I want to make a point that me laughing was more just out of. Um, you don't have to. I'm just, I'm, no, no, but I'm just. Give so, you I'm truth. So, I'm, no, I'm right. not sorry, but I'm so fearful that I can't personally see us coming forth. Um, but well, it was just funny scared. that after. We, yeah, I've never so heard of like that in my life. No, but after after all the speak about like glass half full and glass half empty, the fact that Joe Potts is still in his top four just it just made me laugh. But anyway, um, I think the. Um, uh, a successful season for me is to see um, courageous managerial decisions um, in terms of how we play, in terms of how we approach big games, in terms of how we um, select, and, and in terms of how the team is selected. Um, so just some some risk to be taken. I'm not talking like Thomas Tuchel risk. 
because that guy's insane. But more so just a bit of um, a bit of balls because I feel like of late we've had a few managers that have been not only inflexible but also I don't feel like we've we've behaved or played like a team that is trying to operate at the level that we that we want to be operating at. And I know that obviously there's a, there's going to be a significant gap, but um, I think if we do kind of set that foundation to to have a go. Um, then next year, like Joe says, then we might have something, you know, to build from, as opposed, and I don't, I just feel like anything less than that would be a bit of a regression in terms of back to Conte's kind of, you know, if I don't attack City, then it, it could be 6-0 as opposed to 2-0. Um, yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, just co- courageousness. Passion with an SHE. Yeah, I need that. Uh, me. Um... For me, honestly, I'm. <laughs> it's a tough one. I can't lie to you. It's tough. Shall I go uh, first? Go, go, go to Dan. Go to Dan. Cool. I, I, I need to think. I'm rattled. Uh, yeah. So I, my my whole thing is remembering to last season when we finally got our at what I believe is our best eleven out. My hope, my hope for the end of the season is we just get our best players on the pitch. Um, like it was way too late last season. Um, so I just want everyone that's available. I want our best performing players on the pitch. And if we're, if we're in that situation, then I'll be happy. Okay. All right. I'm back. Oh, say no more. Um, right. I'm, me, back. I'm back. I'm finish back. Finish us off. All right. So I'm hopeful, but I just need Lampard. I need him to be brave. One, for that, that's that's a prerequisite. He needs to be brave. If he's brave and finishes eighth, is that good? I, I'll take it. Yeah. No, I'll take it because As well, I... you know why? the reason why I say this is because the last thing I want is him to try and emulate what has happened before him. Mm. I want him to be himself, and I want him. Even if he fails that way, then he fails that way. The last thing he wants to do, as a, or anyone wants to do, is emulate somebody else and fail that way, rather than doing what you want to do. Um, I think progress will be a sign of him actually implementing young players, but not just forcing them in, but actually giving them the opportunity. And when they do play, they actually outshine those that played before them. So the Aspilicuetas, for example, um, if Rhys James comes in and has one, two, three fantastic games, then he should play. It's just one of them ones. I don't want it to be a thing where people are undeserving of their position. Um, so if he does that and lays a foundation and the way we play, our approach the games and giving young players opportunity, then I'll be happy. I don't really, I wouldn't care where we finished. Your season is going to fully be judged on whether Aspilicueta is playing last game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts. But yeah, just say Aspilicueta drop, bro. Like it's a shorter answer. Like yeah, it's a long pod in that. Like come on. <laughs> but yeah, listen. Um, wrapping up, cool. Season started, happy Premier League Eve, or in Pell's case, hopefully the season can end soon. Um, That's and, what I said. And yeah, let's hope for let's hope for better days. Old Trafford Sunday, uh, Chelsea hour back next week Friday morning, usual usual release time. Um, what's the Touchline Frackers event name Sunday for those who want to come on the door? It's just a, it's just a live screening, live, live screening, live there. show. Yeah, live show, live screening, and we've got the live pod after. So come on down. On all the if socials. Yeah, um, if you haven't got the tickets, if you haven't got your tickets, then aha, shame. <laughs> 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 if, you, if you haven't got the tickets, then come on down. We'll have some tickets on the door. 
Um, please come early so you don't miss out. Cool. Boys, thanks. It's been a pleasure. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Social Podcast Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.